Can I have your attention for a moment? Listen. You may want to ask me, Dr. Fraser, what is one of the seven biggest mistakes that black people make? Well, JR just touched on it. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. (laughs) This is going to be good. Greetings. 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 Um, Greetings. Handle it however you want. Uh, uh, I'm going to come to you from this seat as an elder. I am 75 years old. I've given over 2,000 speeches, traveled 8.5 million frequent flyer miles, written six best-selling books. I have been loving, giving, serving, and adding value to our community, to black people. Yes, I am black, in case you were not entirely sure. Um, For 45 years, I am a race man. And a race man or race woman is someone who's committed their time, talent, and treasure into the investment of his own or her own people purse. So, I'm going to say I've been mentoring this brilliant young man for at least 25 years and he is brilliant I just love him to death that presentation he gave earlier was brilliant so uh, I'm going to say a few provocative things and other things that I say are not problems that we don't have solutions for and that we don't properly train you, coach you, teach you, provide you the resources to do the things to address the provocative things I'm about to say uh, at the Power Network in Congress. Um, JR will probably say, well, he's already said some really interesting and provocative things. So let me just say this real simple. Um, we're really going to spend most of this time because it's very rare that I come into a city to give a keynote speech and have an hour with an audience. I, it just doesn't happen, you know. Um, the, the venue doesn't have the time. I don't have the time. I'm usually in and I'm out. So this is a rare occasion. Um, but taken advantage of by just a few, which gives which makes it even better because it gives you more time to ask the questions that you want answers. Now, no, as an elder, been there, done that, got that t-shirt, and a bra. <laughs> I have more answers than you have questions. In fact, I may have to ask myself some questions to provide the answer to some things you really need to know. Okay? So that's my story. I'm sticking to a big joke. And, you know, I've had the honor and the pleasure to meet Dr. Frazier. It was at least 25 years ago. And um, I saw him on Tony Brown's journal. My father used to watch it all the time. And I'm watching this guy. I'm like, this dude is putting it down. And he had just come out with a book, uh, Success Runs in Our Race. Um, I bought the book 
to read on a plane, going to Orlando to a music conference way back in the day called Jack the Rapper. It was the biggest black, you know what I'm talking about. That was the biggest black music conference. So I'm reading the book on the, on the, on the plane. I get off the plane. This guy's honest truth. I open the door to the hotel, and the first person I run into is Dr. Frazier. You know, what are you doing to check the rapper? And uh, he's like, hey, I'm speaking here. And so, long story short, that's where we hit it off. And I was just fascinated by his outlook and his plan for black folks to advance. And I, I contend, continue to admire him, uh, be mentored by him, uh, call him when I'm frustrated and things like that. So it's a pleasure and an honor to be able to bring him. And, um, and then the one thing I want to open up real, with real quickly is that um, first I want to give Blair a hand for putting this together. To tremendous, we know what it takes to really put this together. But I, what I want you to think about is every seat in this room was paid for. Every seat in this room, right? But why aren't the people here? Just think about this, like, and I guarantee you there's some people probably 15 minutes away, 10 minutes away. I do seminars all over the country and I always wonder, like, you know, we have registrations that's, that every seat should be packed and out the door. But it's always the people who show up. Like, and one guy coming from, uh, I'm in Maryland, he and his wife flew in from Texas to hear the presentation I gave you guys, a little longer version, and then left afterwards. What would make him do that? Somebody 15 minutes away won't even show up. So I commend you guys for showing up because I'm pretty sure we're going to drop some stuff on you that, you know, you can get these golden nuggets and take away with you. Whereas people at home, they'll be the same people you run into complaining about the job they hate, this, that, and the other. Why is my life changing? Why does that person always get what they want? Because they showed up. So I want to commend you guys on that. Blair, you know what would be best, the highest and best use of your time, is taking that microphone when you finish blowing the place up uh, and providing it to each of the audience members that want to ask a question and, uh, and moderating all of that and making sure that that happens. Because I am at 75, now you're going to experience this when you get 75, oh Lord, um, my hearing has deteriorated. This is what happens when you get old. Getting old is not the sissies. Okay? The two areas of expertise that I have written and spoken about all over the world, I'm just returning from two weeks in Africa. On Monday, I was in Senegal, Togo, Ghana, uh, Nairobi, Kenya, uh, uh, and then a lot of time in Johannesburg. And I'll put a pin in that. That's a whole other discussion. I'll go there right now. Um, so the things I'm going to be saying now, I will not be saying in my keynote address. That's a whole other conversation, I promise you. You don't want to miss that, okay? You don't want to miss that. Um, so let me let me begin uh, by just talking about two simple things, which we cover, and which is 
what the Power Networking Conference is all about. We only cover two subjects at the Power Networking Conference. Business and money. Business and money. The third subject we cover very beautifully, very subtly, in a very nuanced way, because we're an African-centered conference. 19 years of networking. Next year in Houston, July 8th through the 11th, we sell it out every year. Um, we talk about wellness. You see, you don't really know what I'm talking about. We, we talk about wellness, psychological wellness, because black people are still very deeply wounded. It's one of the reasons we don't network effectively, because of the lack of trust in the how we see ourselves. So let me say that differently. <clears throat> when I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I do not like what I see, I do not love what I see. There's no way that I can love you because you then become a reflection of me. That, brothers and sisters, in case no one has ever told you, I'm going to tell you, is called low race esteem, which is driven by low self esteem. And when you have low race esteem, and by the way, we're the only culture in the entire world that suffers from low race esteem, right? Um, you don't trust people that look like you. So there's a that's a whole other issue. So let me just touch on relationships. As one of my areas of expertise, I've written two best-selling books on networking and building relationships. This is the latest one called Click: Ten Truths for Building Extraordinary Relationships. Um, let's begin at the beginning. Was a quote from Jesus Christ. You know, there are 800,000 words in the Bible, but only 1,025 of them are direct quotes from Jesus Christ. John 5.30, look it up when you go home. John 5.30. And Jesus said, I of my own self can do nothing. Now this was Jesus Jesus couldn't get it done on his own by himself in a vacuum. So what's up with you? Why would you think you can do anything significant, anything worth talking about on your own by yourself in a vacuum? Wrong. That's stinking thinking. Right? So it says to all of us that we were born to network that we were born to link together in a common bond of caring and sharing and ultimately leveraging more effectively our collective resources and intellectual capital. It's called networking, effective networking. Let me say that metaphorically. It is easy to break a finger. It is hard to break a fist. The strength is not in the wolf. The strength is in the pack. There's a beautiful African proverb that says that when spiders unite, they can tie up a lion. Right? But we are so dispersed as black people 
people. And there's nothing wrong with that. I live in Cleveland, you live here in Norfolk. There's nothing wrong with dispersion. But you cannot be disconnected with that dispersion. Jews are dispersed, but they're damn sure connected. Arabs are dispersed, but they are damn sure connected. Asians are dispersed, but they are damn sure connected. We are not connected. So the 21st century challenge for us is to get connected and to learn the art and science of effective networking, especially when it comes to business. How many of you in this room are in business? Raise your hand. Everybody should be raising their hand, whether you work for the uh, independent sector, public sector, nonprofit sector, your own business, right? If, if, you, if, if you're a volunteer or work in a church, that's a business. It's a business. All of us are in business. So, and then I'll pass the mic. Business is about relationships. Without relationships, you have no business. Without relationships, you have no business being in business. In fact, the business you are really in, brothers and sisters, is the business of building relationships, right? Introduce me to your five closest friends and that will tell me who you are. As they know and as they go, so go you. What is the point? Don't spend major time with minor people. People going nowhere want you to go nowhere with them. People doing nothing want you to do nothing with them. If you want to change your life, change your relationships. It's your relationships. If you are not where you want to be, it's your friends and family. Remove toxic people and bloodsuckers from your life. That's on you. Now this is easy to say, extraordinarily difficult to do. Why, Dr. Fraser? Because most of the toxic people in your family, in, in, in your life, are, are your family. So, relationships, relationships, relationships. You ain't going nowhere without building the skills necessary to put the right people in your life. Let me close with this thought on that idea. If you don't have what you want, it is simply because you don't have the relationships you need. And my advice to sisters, it goes to Brother Super, especially to our sisters. If you can't build with them, don't chill with them. Come on, man. It ain't supposed to be free. I'll drop the mic on that. So, so you want me to go after that? <laughs> Well, I have two two daughters who are here upstairs at my booth, and uh, one is 19, and the other one's 21. And I told them that, and, and I meant it. But you know, like, a, a lot of times to go out and talking to somebody, I'm like, well, you know, what's his last name? I don't know. What does he do? I don't know. Where you meet him? Instagram. <laughs> See, so, so this has particular meaning to me. I'm preaching that, you know. Um, but I want, I want to uh, piggyback off a little bit of what, what uh, Dr. Frazier said, and that um, I had a friend ask me recently. He said, "Man, 
I remember when you started to get that stock six years ago. And then it just like, just took off. Like, you said, what was it? Like, what did you do? And one of the things that I tell people is that my goal every year is to go to at least six conferences, right? Now, if people ask me, what's the secret? I have a new book coming out. My first book was How I Quit My $100,000 a Year Job. My second book is 52 Things I Did to Quit My Job and Build a Million Dollar Company from Scratch. How did I do that? One of them is going to conferences. Why? Because you're not going to get Dr. Frazier just walking down the street, right? I mean, maybe if you're in Cleveland and you, you, you stalk him or something, right? You might bump. But, but you're not going to get him just walking down your street, right? Um, you're not going to get me now just walking down the street. But we go to these conferences for a couple reasons. One is a lot of times we're speaking. But two, we're networking with each other, sharing ideas, thoughts. We're also sharing successes, but we're also sharing obstacles. So Dr. Frazier and I get together, and I call him up. He calls me and say, hey, man, what, what's, you know, what's going on? But then the next thing is, who do you know? Who do we know that we can connect with this, that? And you get that from going to the conferences. It, it, just, it, it just amazes me. Like, I have these friends who are in corporate America. They've seen me quit my job, a six-figure job that I told you guys about, and continue to grow and all this stuff. And they ask me, well, what, what can I do? Same thing, gotta go to the conferences, right? And they still don't show up. And then I had one friend show up and he was just blown away. He was like, I can't believe this. Within six to eight months of leaving that conference, he now has a reality show unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, and he just met with Netflix. Now, he had this idea a long time ago. What was it? What was the catalyst? Being around people who are like him. When I would be out and about, um, people say, you, you, you just, I don't know if I tell you this, you just wired differently. And at first, I was offended by that. Like, what do you mean? Nobody wants to say, you know, you're wired differently. But now that's a compliment, because I am. I think different. I hang around different people. I don't want to hang around people who are progressive. I don't want to hang around people if you say, what's the last book you read? I haven't read a book since I left high school. And that was by force, because I had to read. I want to be around those type of people. I don't want to be around people who say, you know, I, it's just the way it is, JR. You just got to accept it. You have that pie in the sky mentality. Somebody's out here doing it, right? Why not me? Why not you? But you can't, do, it's hard to do this entrepreneur thing. When you're not, like, if I call my buddy who's in corporate America, he can't understand what I'm going through, right? He, he, he's trying to get up the corporate ladder. He, he's getting a paycheck every two weeks, right? But likewise, he can't understand the freedom that I got, right? If we have a snowstorm right now, or if, damn it, I just don't want to go. Like, I had planned to go back tonight. I called him and said, book me another room. I got to be back. Why? Because I'm the boss. Y'all don't know, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Some people get it. Do you know what it feels like to get up every morning and you're the boss? You make the decisions. You can change your schedule, right? 
But the way I got there was hanging around people like this guy right here. Early on, I was in my think, 20s when I met you, late 20s, right? And I'm only 32. <laughs> so that's one of the keys is going to conferences and getting around like-minded thinkers, beautiful people. I'm telling you, the Power Network Company, you ain't never seen nothing like this. A thousand or two thousand black folks looking good, well-dressed. Um, you know, I, now, I know you want to let Pookie in, but you're not going to see Pookie with the pants hanging out. It's just not going to, we're not letting that in. So, um, so that's, that's one of my big too. We love Pookie, but you can't come in our conference. Go to conferences, get around people. And then, uh, somebody mentioned it earlier, focus on something, right? I know when I started to flip that stock, I said, I want to be the Walmart of teaching everybody how the stock market works. And a buddy of mine said, who's been on Wall Street for 30 years, said it's not going to work. I said, yes, it is. No, it's not. What you want to do is you really want to get in your lane, right? and do what you do. And he was absolutely right. Once I got in that lane, I started meeting the right type of people that uh, needed my products and services. And they'll tell other right type of people, right? So go to conferences, get around people here, and and focus. And then I'll just say this on the past, Mike. Like, all right, I can only say it, to, can I just go JR? Know the hell what you do. I meet you, I say, what do you do? Well, I kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, I'm a beautician, I do hair, but I do real estate on the side, and I, and, and, and I moonlight selling cars. What? Now, why do I want to do that? What do you, so when somebody comes to you, you should say, you know, this is what I do. Hey, I'm a CEO for that stock. I specialize in teaching beginners a fun and easy way to learn and actively buy and sell stocks. Now, you see, I've been in the stock market for 20 years. You're not my customer. We can be friends, you see what I'm saying? Know what you do and be able to articulate it to people in one or two sentences. Make sense? That, that's a great point. Um, there's a speech that I've been giving for years and years and years called The Seven Biggest Mistakes Black People Make When Networking That Ruin Their Reputation and Destroys Their Business. I'm not going to give that speech tonight. You may want to ask me, Dr. Fraser, what is one of the seven biggest mistakes that black people make? Well, JR just touched on it. An improper introduction, right? We don't have a clue how to properly introduce ourselves uh, at conferences and networking events. And there's a science to it. There's a way to do that. You'll learn ways to do these things at the conference. But just FYI, um, there are five elements to a proper introduction when you're amongst people that you want to network with. Who you are, where you're from, and what you do. You just touched on that. Who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Now, if you don't know the answer to those three questions, you probably need to leave this room. If you don't know who you are and what you do, all right? Right? Those are the easy three parts of the soundbite. And the soundbite should be no more than 17 seconds. So the, 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 the next two are the most difficult, are the things that you have to think about. How do you add value? That's number four. And if you really add value, 
evolve away from what you do? How do you add value? And then prove it to me. Quantify. Full on phrase, why would I why would I want to why I add value? Because when you tell people how you add value, you are fulfilling the purpose of life. So in case you don't know the purpose of life, I'm going to tell you right now, so you will never be able to say, you don't know why God put you here. I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm going to make it plain, and it's very simple. Take it from a 75-year-old elder, who at two, born into a family of 11 in Bedside, Brooklyn, New York. My mother became mentally ill uh, when I was two. My father was a cab driver. He couldn't take care of 11 children. So we were put into orphanages. Then uh, at five, uh, because nobody would take 11 children, we were broken up into threes and I aged out of toxic hostile homes for the first 18 years of my life. Been there, done that, okay? Uh, What was my philosophical understanding of that? Oh, it should be the same philosophical understanding you should have. This is the hand that God had dealt me. These are the cards I had to play. And I understood that when I played those cards the best that I could, God would give me new cards. And then I would play those cards. And then God would give me new cards. And at 75, I'm sitting here talking to you. Okay? So... I digressed on my point, and I actually forgot what I was going to say. Those are the five. The purpose of life. The purpose of life. That's what I was going. The purpose of life. The purpose of life. Right this down is to love, to give, to serve, and then to add the highest value to somebody or something. That's why you want to put in your soundbite of 17 seconds how you add value. So let me give you my soundbite. Hi, I'm Dr. George C. Fraser from Cleveland, Ohio, by way of Brooklyn, New York. I'm the CEO and founder of FraserNet Incorporated. I write books and speak on networking and economic development. I help people turn acquaintances into friends and contacts into contracts. Over the last 35 years, I've helped over 5,000 black people acquire over one and a half billion dollars in new business. Good to meet you. That took 18 seconds and 71 words, and I told you my life story in a way, hopefully, that could add value to you, to pique your interest, so that you will want to know more about me later, not now, later. That's the purpose of writing a good soundbite. So think about it. Keep it around 75 words, practice it, practice it, practice it. And then as, as, as JR introduced the thought, you know, know what you're, you know, know what you're doing, know where you're going, you know, because people are going to ask you that question. Okay, so I just wanted to unpack that because that was such a powerful point that JR made. So that's on networking. It's 
called the Power Networking Conference for a reason. We focus on helping us understand how to work with each other, we coach you in that, we train you in your subject matter expertise in the category of business that you want to be in, but most importantly, we train you and teach you how to cultivate nurture and develop relationships with the 1,500 baddest brothers and sisters on the planet that show up in this conference. Forbes Magazine called it one of the top five conferences in America not to be missed, not one of the top five black conferences. No, no, no. One of the top five of all the conferences produced in this country. It just happens to be for black people. Why? Because I be black. Now, that doesn't mean that others can't show up. And they do. They're not invited. But they show up. Just as many of the conferences that JR and I go to, we're not really invited. We just show up. Right? So it's okay. Um, it's all about love. Uh, and then one, one, one other point. Um, and so I want to say the next thing and still be loved. At 75 years old, I've reached a point in my life that I have come up with a new formula for black people. At least the black people I'm going to deal with. And the conference is going to focus on. I call it my 85-10-4-1 rule. 85-10. One rule, and this is the result of 75 years of being black. I don't know how long you've been black, but I've been black for 75 years. I've been married to the same sister for 46 years. So I know those folks about relationship with black women and black people. So here's my 85-10-4-1 rule. Don't hate me for this. And if you do, I don't really care. I'll be dead soon. Right? Now, the average black man lives to be 67 and a half. I'm 75, so I'm already on eight years of Jesus time. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, Eighty-five, ten, four, one, bro. Eighty-five percent of black people are sleepwalking through life. Ten percent are pimping the sleepwalkers. Four percent have pulled themselves out of that dark, sunken place and are ready to see the light. One percent are the light. And they're ready to help the other four percent get woke. Now let's do the math on that. There are 46 million black people in America. 4% already. They showed up this morning for something that they already paid for. They're ready. That's about 1.7 million. 1% are alive. It's almost 500,000. 
So the aggregate number of black people that get what we're talking about, that get what we meet about on Saturday morning instead of rushing into the Walmart store to buy a digital television, it's about one point, what was it, what, uh, about 1.7, 1.8 million of us. That's the boys, 10% down to 10, exactly less, considerably less than that. And we will be the ones that will lead our people to the promised land. That's how it's going to be. Because that's how it's always been. So our job is to get those 1.7, 1.8 million as ready as we can get them to provide them the tools to build them a nation, to connect them so that we can leverage more effectively our collective resources and intellectual capital. If you got an army of 1.7, 1.8 million people that think like JR, think like me, think like you, think like you, all hell will break loose. Now you've heard white people say they fear black people. No, I'm not making that up. This is, this is on, on, on television. This is on social media every day. They, I mean, they have admitted to it. You know what I say to them? You should fear us. You should be really, really scared. Because we are the children of the slaves that would not die. That we have the genetic encoding of the great kings and queens of Africa, that we were building pyramids and solving complex engineering problems when white folks were living in caves eating each other. And if everything happens for a reason, it serves us in some special way, and we will never understand that reason looking forward, and we will only understand it looking backwards if that is in fact the truth. Dr. Fraser introduced the truth. Maybe we were not brought here. Maybe we were sent here. Do you believe that God would put his weakest people here to do this toughest job? I don't think so. How could an America, a European America, who could morally, spiritually, and biblically justify the kidnapping, raping, and pillaging of another two people, natives already in America, and Africans brought to America, have any moral or spiritual grounding? And perhaps had God not sent Africans here, America might have self-destructed by now. We are an awesome and powerful people when we are connected. The 1.6 billion of us throughout the diaspora. We need to act like it. We need to understand who we are and how powerful we are. Now, yes, Europeans flip the script on black people. They say they civilized Africans. That's what they said. Have you been to Egypt? Have you seen the pyramids of Giza built three or five thousand years before Christ? That we were building civilizations. We civilized the world. The first civilizations. But most of us don't get this or understand this. This is something we have to work on. That's why I say we deal with wellness, darling. Wellness. Because we're still ill. We went through a psychological holocaust second to the nine in the history of humankind. So that's a whole other story at another time. And we unpack 
that as part of the opening of the conference. Libations, remember, whose shoulders we stand on because we are all drinking from wells that we did not dig. And if we are drinking from wells that we did not dig, what will be our legacy? What will our children's 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 children be saying about us 150 years from now? I'll say this final thing, and I'll give it back, and then we'll open it to, to, to JR to give it back. Uh, to be black and beautiful in this world means nothing unless you're black and powerful. We cannot be black and proud and niggas too. White folks are planning for three generations and we're planning for Saturday night. The goal, brothers and sisters, is to win, not to look like we're winning. I would rather carry a plastic bag with $5,000 in it than to carry a $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag with $100 in it. That's looking like you're winning, baby. You ain't winning. Louis is winning. Nike is winning. Now, the only way you're going to win that is get some Louis stock. Get some Nike stock. And, 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 and become a merchant class. And you said it so beautifully. Yes, we are the consumption class, black people in America, and they are the merchant class. They make stuff and we boss them. That is fundamentally flawed and wrong. We will never maximize our full human power and capacity until we begin to think more entrepreneurially. Right? Creating work and jobs for our people. By the end of the century, if we don't change, this is, this is some of the stuff I'll cover tonight, if we don't change, all the studies and all the statistics tell us that by 2053, if we don't fix the state of our economic condition as black people, we will be headed into a second slavery. Black people will have no money. That's what all the studies show. Right? And white folks will not be fixing black people. White people will not be saving black people. Anybody tell you that? They're not saving us, they're saving them. In fact, white folks are not even thinking about black people. Do you know what white people are thinking about? White people. They're thinking about their husbands, their wives, their community, their schools, and their businesses. They ain't thinking about your black ass. They're thinking about them. Asians are thinking about them. They ain't thinking about you. The only time they think about you is when you buy their Chinese food in your neighborhood. And by the way, if you go to an Asian restaurant and there's four brothers waiting on you, leave. That ain't a real Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Asians don't employ black people. They employ Asian people. As they should. As we should. But that's on us. No one is fixing us but us. Wake up, brothers and sisters. It's been 400 years and our black asses ain't fixed. So unless we do it, it will not get done. Wherever black people are going in the 21st century, it will be because black people will take them there. Will we have allies? Of course we will. There's some good white folk out here who know us, love us, they're progressive, right? They have made amends, but they are the minority of the majority.
good. That's okay. <laughs> this is why yeah. I hang with him. Yeah. This is why, you know, uh, I don't call him Godfather. It's like if the Godfather says do it, you just do it, right? So, because uh, of the conference, I'm there, you know. Um, I do want to share something along the lines of being able to empower uh, ourselves and our families, all right? So I have a booth upstairs, uh, booth number 56, I think it is, right? And if you go up there, you're gonna see my two daughters and my one-year-old grandson, all right? Now check this out. Uh, I told my daughters, um, well, let's do some math, all right? I don't know if you guys recall earlier, I said the average person makes 32,000, I'm doing math real quick, 32,000 a year. And divide that by 2080, uh, which means that breaks down to about $15.38 per hour. If you make 32,000, that's $15.38 an hour. And let's multiply that times eight. It comes up to be $123 a day, working an eight-hour day. Y'all with me? Yeah. Uh, make sure y'all follow this. I told my daughters, if you come down here, I'm gonna get a penthouse suite for us to stay in. I'm gonna pay you $200 a piece to sit up in my booth and hand flyers out, right? And they have seen dad, you know, go across the country and do this. And what I'm doing is I'm ingraining and instilling in them, this is how you do it. This is what other cultures do. They pass this, this thing down, right? So that's one aspect. They see dad doing business. Now let's take the stock market. And, and the thing about making money and you know, creating wealth and things of this nature is the breadcrumbs and the path are already there. They said three things, right? Throughout the history of the world that created the most wealth. Not in any particular order. Business ownership, real estate, stock market. Business ownership, real estate, stock market. So people say, I want to be financially free, I want to do this business ownership, real estate, stock market. Most everybody here is probably in business ownership some kind of way. We're all in real estate because we all live in a house or rent apartment. But that big chunk that we leave out, that like a slice of that pie, is the stock market piece. So going back to my daughters again, uh, I want to make sure that they understand how the stock market works. So my older daughter, um, taught her what I taught you guys. She opened up an account, and she took $30 and put it in her account, all right? And she called me, uh, she found a stock, she bought a stock, she called me the next day, she said, Dad, guess what? I was like, she said, I made $2, and she laughed. I said, what did you do to make that $2? She said, nothing, I just bought it. And I, see, I saw the wheels started clicking, right? Four days later, her $30 turned into 230 a passive income while she was working her part-time job. You see, now she gets it. So check this out, when I get in the car now, you know, half the time she's on Instagram taking the, uh, with the selfies and all that. The other half, she's looking at the stock market. So now, I'm like, well, you know, what you looking at? What you, you know what she said to me? Mind your business. <laughs> so, you know, I look at these things and I say, okay, ultimately, the number one thing that we want is freedom and equality, right? 
So you have to save yourself. Freedom, freedom, right? Freedom, safety, and equality. Okay. Well, how do we get there? The, the path is there. Business ownership, real estate, stock market, stock market. Those, those are right here. Then how do you really get into those things to become successful at? Conferences, networking, um, learning, enjoying learning, reading, listening. I mean, it's, it's not a difficult formula, but for some reason we make it so difficult, right? And if, again, if you look at the NPCs and you look, you guys are here. You got you. You also have to have this swag about yourself. To me, I'm here. I'm one of those ones that he's talking about, right? If if you don't have that attitude, that I have an obligation to go after wealth, right? Now I'm gonna say somebody's name. I'm not trying to put this person down or anything, but I just want to hit home the point. How many of you have heard of Lil Wayne? The rapper. How much do you think his net worth is? Four point five million. Close add about another ninety-six million onto that. That dude is worth over a hundred million dollars last time I checked. Alright? Now this is what my daughter said. He's so cute. So if we don't have some sharp brothers and sisters out here. Like, if we had Lil Wayne on one corner, right? And Dr. Fraser on another corner, which line do you think is going to be longer? You see? We have to have more of Dr. Fraser's and us out here that they can emulate. Nothing against Lil Wayne. He's doing this thing. He's doing it. But we have to be very strategic about going out here, building our businesses, building our lives, building our freedom, right? Building security. And people can say whatever they want. You know, oh, no money, it's, it's, it's not everything. Try living a day without it. See how good you feel. Right? It just is what it is. It is what it is. Money is, and, and you have more freedom. You have more security. You have access to better legal stuff. You have access to better health care when you have money. And check this out. Then I'll pass the mic or take questions there. When you, there's power in which you say you are. I went to the hospital, uh, Couple years ago, I was having a heart attack. My chest was pounding and everything. My head felt like it was going to explode. So I went in there, and you know, and you don't need any medications? No, just no, right? So, long story short, they found out I had a reaction to Sudafed. Sudafed speeds up your heart and uh, uh, nervousness, right? And increases your blood pressure and all this stuff. So I'm laying up in there, they figure it out, and then um, the doctor says to me, Watch this. He said, we probably need a note to take to your boss tomorrow. Right? I mean, that's normal. That's normal. Because they don't. I said, no, I'm okay. He said, are you sure? Why don't you need a note? I said, because I'm the CEO of the company. Do you know how differently I got treated? As soon as I said I was the CEO. And then he said, what do you do? I said, well, I teach the stock market. Do you know I had doctors and nurses gathered around me? Well, I just... It makes a difference when you can say, I'm CEO. So start calling yourself. I don't care if you got a company. Make one, I'm CEO. People look at you differently, right? You even start walking different. I feel like, hey, I'm afraid I'm CEO, man. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know if we have another 
Our children are not the future. I don't care what you've heard. Our children are not the future. Our children are the present. And if we do not give our children what they need in the present, we will have no future. Okay, questions? We probably have time for about two questions. Yeah, I know. Look, oh, we have to get out of here by two. We have another speaker. We'll just go out in the hallway. There you go. You go. Now, who brought a ticket to the. We can't stop black people talking. Who's coming to the gallery? Who's coming to the gallery? All right. Yeah. Good, good. So, you don't want to make him an offer. I want to make him an offer. So, just two questions. We're going to continue this out. Maybe we'll grab some food and talk or something. Do you want to make liquor? Do you want to make a Black people, when you drink liquor, we really like to talk. So there's a conference offer coming. You want to make that first one take the question? Whoever whoever wants to ask a question, make it good. I got two ladies in the back. I'm going to start with you. Yeah, you're going to go first, right? Dr. Frazier. Yes, darling. This is not a question, this is a statement. I'm going to need you not to take folk out because I'm the next speaker. I'm going to need you to hold me down. Okay. <laughs> All right? And then, I love you. I love you. Yeah. It's all about love. You can't stop it with this. It's about relationships. I'm going to talk about conflict in business. And That's what I'm talking about. And talk, it follows exactly what you said. And right, I'm going to put you to the test. Yes, sir. All right. And I'm ready. All right. Okay. But I know you are. But my question for you is this. As someone who has soft skills, because I'm a mediator, that is one of the hardest skills to sell because it's all about making money and saving you money. What type of advice would you give me as I continue to grow my thriving company? Okay, I'm gonna make this short. My advice to you right now, and I want you to act on this, right? Or we're gonna fall out. Yes, sir. My advice to you is to come to the Power Networking Conference next year. Spend 96 hours with the baddest brothers and sisters on the planet. And every question that you have, uh, you have, there will be not only an answer, but a solution. That's my advice. Next question. Dr. Fraser, my name is Reverend Wendy P. Morgan Kelly. I am the CEO of the G. Paris Media Group. I travel all around the world covering stories, and I'm just so mad that I haven't covered you. So, this is my statement. All that you said is so much welcome in this atmosphere. I want to make a statement that is clear and concise. That the reason why you don't see a lot of people in the chairs today is because we forgot to introduce you to the black media, the New General Guide. Which would, have been able to, yes, which would have been able to syndicate that to Dr. Chavis and all over that you were in the yeah. area. So I apologize. And as I was supposed to bring Brenda Andrews, who was the publisher, which I promised to call her. But I'm going to make sure, and I'm sure that we have a colleague here today who's very acquainted, that the message that you presented was a black people's message. Yeah. That other black people in this area need to hear about our behavior. And as you stated about inheritance and using the biblical scripture of a wise man needs an inheritance for his children's children. Right now, the children's children are not getting inheritance because you as the elder deposit something to us today for which we should know. So I do apologize on behalf of G. Paris Media Group and the New Journal Guide newspaper who's not here today. But we're going to make sure 
It says Fraser Nation. We did something extraordinary. This year at the conference, we birthed our own nation. We're moving from a 1.2 million person network, we have 1.2 million people in our digital platform, to nationhood. And we have our own flag, our own constitution, our own preamble, our own declaration of interdependence. If you'd like to apply for citizenship of the nation, fill out this form and give it to me. There is also a Cyber Monday offer on becoming a citizen at 70% off uh, for a very short period of time. So, um, that's all I have. If you're interested in the conference, fill this out. Make sure it's in my hand. Uh, we need to get out of this room because they have to turn around or something. We'll get out of this room. Uh, but, uh, if you need some time on your credit card, I've been black for 75 years. Uh, I do understand time. Uh, so say, Dr. Fraser, don't put this through until so-and-so and so-and-so. My mom used to buy shit on layover. A lot. Okay, so I understand. So that's the offer. Any questions about the offer? Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say-